All right, let's talk a little football. Let's talk a little WNBA, a little NBA as well. And let's do it with our guy, Terrell Furman. He joins us right now. You can check out his work with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. How you been, man? How you been doing? Ryan, what's going on? PJ, my guy, it's been a while. And Terrell, I think actually... Oh, there you are. Sorry, we were having some technical difficulties. Now I got you, man. How you been? Oh, I'm good? All right, all right. Ryan, what's going on? It's been a while. Good to see you. PJ, it's been a while. Long what's up, while. Terrell? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. All right, man, so it's a short card tonight because we only got one other game going down in baseball, but we do have plenty going down in the WNBA tonight. We got the Sparks and the Lynx. We got My Sky taking on the Mercury. Anything that you like tonight, side, total, even player prop-wise, that we could get down with here? Yeah, I'm actually going to go against the Aces here. That's that's pick number one. I'm going against the Aces. Give me a storm, plus 16 yeah. and a half. Coming off the All-Star break, Aces, you know, kind of sitting there feeling themselves. They've had, you know, a very good All-Star break, very good first half of the season. Come in, I could see them, hey, this is a storm team. We know we can handle them at any point in time. Even if they jump out to an early lead, we can jump off on them at any point. I think that this is more of a 10, 11 point win for the Aces than 16 and a half plus reverse line movement going in this game everybody's betting aces but that line dropped two points towards the storm that's something interesting there to look at sharps in the WNBA typically are on the right side so give me the plus 16 and a half with the storm there that's play number one nice and then uh in the sky mercury game you looking at a total Terrell something that you like there Oh, yeah, absolutely. Give me the under in, in that game. Like, you look at the last five games these two teams have played. They are both last and second to last in pace in the WNBA with the Mercury being last and the Sky being second to last. So I'm getting a slow-paced game. I'm getting two teams that are really struggling on offense. I mean, you have Diane Taurasi, who's 100 years old, still out there playing. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Kalia Copper, Marina Mabry, and a bunch of other gals that – may or may not add on the offensive end of the ball possibly could potentially we'll see but both of these two teams been towards the bottom half of the league in the past five games in terms of points per game i'm expecting to see low points here so give me a first half under in that game give me a full game under 154 and a half for the sky and the mercury i just think that they're going to be struggling to score Let's move over to football, actually, really quick. So I think we're going to agree here. Uh, before we get to the NFL, I want to talk a little college with you, and I see one of your favorite win totals is an under. And I went under on yep. Colorado, too. You know what's funny, man, is there was an offshore when Dion got the job that posted a 5.5. It was, like, for 24 hours. I would have hammered him. Then it goes to 4.5. Then it goes all the way down to 3.5. Yet, like, we hear books, you know, saying this is our most popular bet, Colorado to make a run to the playoffs. Oh, That's Colorado, it – it's your book. Your book said it. I'm, I'm just going to – let's just be honest here since we're calling a spade a spade. Your book, BetMGM, said that they got 84% of the money on the yeah. over three and a half for Colorado. That's a red flag for me because guess what? That line is juice minus 150 to the under. Yeah. So if you got 84% of the bets and you're still giving out plus money, it's either you're not a smart book or you're trying to tell me something. And what you're trying to tell me is that no matter all the hype that Dion has behind this squad, Shadora Sanders coming in, you got Travis Hunter coming in, you're basically bringing the guys at Jacksonville State. They're coming here. You got all these four-star recruits, five-star recruits saying, I want to go play for Dion Sanders. And you're supposed to turn this team around in year one, even the best coaches don't turn a team around a year run even Lance Leopold who is God in Kansas right now didn't turn him around in year one and Dion's gonna do it really 
that's my guy, but I don't believe it. I'm hammering under three and a half for the Colorado Buffs this season. They're not going to win a single game on the road when you look at the schedule. And they potentially, matter of fact, I'm going to just go ahead and call it. They're going to lose that home game Colorado State. They're going to do it. They're going to lose Colorado State. Yeah, they might. Ryan and I were talking yesterday. Yeah. They might not win a game in Pac-12 play. Terrell, we're actually going to we're gonna preview the Pac-12 coming up. Is there anybody that you like in that conference this year? The quarterbacks in that league, whether it's Caleb uh-huh. Williams, Bo Nix, DJ Uyunglele, Cam Rising, so many good ones. Do you have a pick of who you would take maybe to win the Pac-12? Oh, man. Let me see here. You got the odds sitting right up there for me. Uh, oh, man. You, USC at 2-1 to one is really, really hard to get across. But it, it, it's probably between USC. I'm probably just going to sit here and go rather chalk. I don't know why Oregon is 3-1. to one. I would have them under Utah. Utah always disrespected in this conference. But Utah at 5-1, to one, USC at 2-1. to one. That's kind of where I feel like it's at. Same thing as last year. And I think USC probably gets revenge. So that 2-1 to one probably is a good fight. Uh, price for it right now but I like to see what Caleb Williams does year two of a Lincoln Riley offense because I think that could be something special and the Heisman odds will tell you that too Moving over to the NFL so PJ's a big Ravens fan I'm a big Lamar fan I'm really high on the Ravens this year I have been the last three years I mean they've been in first place hey. every year when Lamar's got Hey Ryan there. did you know a fun fact What's that? Do you know a fun fact? That the the Ravens have owned Lamar Jackson actually has only lost to one NFC team, like, ever. New York <sighs> football giants. Just had to throw that out there. Had to throw that out there for my guy, Terrell PJ. He told me that fact. That. And, like, yeah, you, he I gave me that fact, and I had to Damn, I was I trying to, to think throw of it out the, there. I was trying to think of who the NFC team was. You could have stumped me on it that, It was this actually. past year, if you know who it is. Yep. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah, I just Lamar, told him. The, oh, I just well, told he told me it was the Giants. Yeah, he already gave it to me. It was the Giants. It's a how great you, stat. How do you feel about the Ravens coming into the season, though? Their win total opened at nine. There's some nine and a halfs out there. I think they're a double-digit win uh-huh. team. Oh, they're absolutely a double-digit win team. And actually, there's a data analytics company that I follow at Feral Analytics, and they drop their win totals of where they think everybody's at and they have the Ravens winning the division at 11 and a half wins and that's a hundred percent where I have them at as well I think we take the over 10 and a half I think you take the plus money for the Ravens to win the division at plus 220 I, I think there's too much hype on this Cincinnati team and you look at what the Ravens have been able to do one you got you got addition by subtraction because Lord have mercy Greg Roman is gone. Yeah. He's Preach. gone. You don't Preach. have to worry about it. Let's yes. let's just all have a stomp session. Like Greg yes. Roman is out of there. We can now say free Lamar Jackson. I know it's been free Aaron Jones. It's been let Russ cook. Now Lamar Jackson is truly free, and we're gonna see what he can do throwing the football. It's going to be so good. He's a prolific passer, and it's been the nursery rhyme uh, routes that they've been doing that's been a freaking two-year-old could run. Now you're going to get something. You got Odell Beckham there. You still got Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman's in another year. You draft Zay Flowers. Like You have a a huge amount of weapons for him to throw the ball to. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a great year passing. The offense is going to take a huge jump. You already know their defense can get at you at any given year. Even when you think it's a down year, that defense is really, really good. And now they're healthy. Yeah, man, I think the Ravens are it. They're the top of the division in the AFC North. I think they're going to win the division and post one of the best records in the AFC this whole year. Love it. What are your thoughts on the Jets, Terrell? What do you think of them? Their win total sitting at nine and a half, and do you like them in the AFC East? 
Oh, well, I if you like the Ravens, you got to hate somebody. And I'm telling you right now, I hate the Jets. I don't think the Jets are going to be any good. Like, it, it, And it's, it's really not their fault. The first week's first six weeks of the season is really really tough on them because they're playing all I think it's all maybe one is not playoff teams in the year before and now you're expecting a team that just got together just gelled they're still going to be figuring out that offense together with Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to have his connection with Garrett Wilson and with all the other guys they have you got Brees Hall who's still coming back from that knee injury is he 100% ready to go by week one it seems like that's going to be the case, but is that the case? It potentially could be not. It's still going to be some rush there for him running the ball, and I guess there's reports that Dalvin Cook is going to come into camp or something like that. I don't know. I, I, it just It's too many question marks early on in the season, and I think that's really, really going to tank their stock towards the end of the season. I would definitely get on an under now, and I maybe I would reconsider if they started the season one for four or two for four or something like that, But and hopping in on a mid-season over, but no, I just don't think that this team is 100% locked and loaded a playoff team. I think they're a 9-win, potentially 10-win, but I'm really banking on that 9-win team. Bouncing around a little bit, have you had a chance to look at any of the NBA win totals, or is there a team that maybe you've circled, even if you haven't went to the well yet, on the over or under that maybe you're looking at this year? Oh, man. Let's see. NBA win totals. I... I, I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm looking at Houston... And I'm just saying this is a team that's going to be in the 30-win territory. Are they going to have a playoff spot? No. But are they going to be in the back half, the front half of the lottery, picking one through four again? I don't think so. I think they made a lot of good moves. I think that head coach-wise, they got somebody that's really going to finally sit there and tell them, hey, we're going to have an emphasis on defense, guys, whether you like it or not. So you talk about the pieces that they already had with Alfred Sangoon, with Kevin Porter Jr., with Jalen Green. Now you sit here and you're telling me you're adding an Eamon Thompson. You're adding the Summer League MVP and a Cam Whitmore. You're bringing in Fred Van Fleet. You're bringing in Dylan Brooks. Like, this team could be very, very interesting, and they're going to challenge a lot of teams over the course of the league and winning games. So I think they could be around a 30-win ball club. I'm taking an over on the uh, the Houston Rockets. I'm sorry, the Houston Rockets went over. Now that Summer League is over, any thoughts on maybe Rookie of the Year for you? Did you change at all? Do you still like the guy whether you liked Vic or Chet or Brandon Miller, whoever mm-hmm. it was, did anything change for you? Like, are you maybe now looking at Cam Whitmore potentially or somebody else? No, I'm still on Chet Holgram. One, because they have to change the narrative of what they did. The first sophomore that they gave the award to was Ben Simmons, and they just have to go ahead and say, oh, wait, let's get somebody else in that same category so you stop remembering that we gave Ben Simmons this award because Ben Simmons doesn't want to play basketball anymore. So I think it's Chet Holgram, honestly. I think he has everything he needs. He has a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs, and that's going to be a huge boost because if he puts up good numbers and his team is in the playoffs, Playoffs, it's really, really hard for you not to give him that award, even if Victor Wimbiana has a good season, but his team is looking at the outside end of the playoffs. I think it's a good, better chance that you can give it to Chet. Scoot is very interesting in the fact that he could probably put up 25 points per game over the course of the season. So we'll see how he adjusts to the NBA and if he can keep that scoring workload really, really high because that'll make him interesting. But for me, it was Chet Holgram when the line came out. There was a Victor Wembanyama or the field. I took the field because Chet Holgram was in the field, and I'm still taking him here at four to one. 
Drell, thanks so much, man. We'll be rooting for the storm with you tonight, and then the Sky Mercury under as well. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Drell. Definitely. Appreciate y'all. See y'all. Terrell Furman right there. Give him a follow on Twitter. Really, Rel, and uh, two underscores. Double underscore on that bad boy. Co-host over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Really good stuff.